are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. So I'm reading from CNET.com. Title is Asteroid Bennu. B E N N U has a one in seventeen hundred and fifty chance of smashing into the Earth. NASA says data collected from NASA's spacecraft visit to the potentially hazardous asteroid reveals future generations want to keep a close eye on a big space rock as it makes close passes by Earth in the 22nd century. Research used the information from the OSIRIS-REx mission that spent over two years orbiting, studying, and even sampling Bennu to get a better idea of its future path through the inner solar system. They found the minuscule chance the 1,700-foot-wide, 518-meter boulder will impact our planet in the future is actually slightly higher than previously thought, but still nothing to lose sleep over. All the articles use, it's almost like they're written by the same person. They talk about losing sleep. I'm not losing sleep over some asteroid hitting the earth, man. If I'm look, if I'm at the crib and an asteroid happens to land on my house, it was my time to go. I don't have any control over that. I'm just trying to get home safe on I-65 here in Nashville because people here in Nashville cannot drive worth a darn. I'm just trying to get home safe, not getting T-boned by some fool driving a pickup truck, getting on the highway. I can't control what happens in space. I mean, if I get hit, if I'm out jogging, I get hit by falling space debris. Then it was just my time to, to meet to meet Jesus. And I'm okay with that. I have no control over that because if the asteroid hits... And it's a it's 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 over for the people where it hits and even where it doesn't hit. Theoretically, I don't want to be I don't want to be the dinosaurs. Like I don't want to be I don't want to be waterless, foodless, radiated men eating flesh of other radiated men. I don't I don't I don't want to I don't want to be in that situation. Like, I don't want to be like Denzel Washington in Book of Eli where people are resorting to cannibalism. There's no food. There's no water. There's no gas. There's no nothing. Who wants to live through that? I don't want to live through that. So actually, I think the lucky ones are people that get taken out by the asteroid. The rest of us will have to suffer the indignity of fighting and trying to divvy up a gallon of water for a year and a half. It's going to be hard. I have Lyme disease. It's not going to be easy for me to get my doxycycline and refampin treatments that I occasionally need for Lyme disease once the, once the extinction level event, in the words of Buster Rhymes, happens. Back to the article. I'm not any more concerned than I was before. David Farnacochia, that's an interesting name, of NASA Center for Near-Earth Object Studies, CENOS, told reporters, on a call Wednesday, it was last Wednesday, impact probability remains small. Probability of about one in 7,500 or point 
0.06% between now and the year 2300. And we can rule out any chance of impact between today and 2135. Well, that has me covered because I'm going to be dead by 2135. I was born in 1978. And by my calculations, that would make me somewhere approaching 160. So I'm sure that they're medical science. My grandfather's 96. Been having some health challenges. I've been spending a lot of time with my grandfather. Love my grandfather. Difficult to watch him decline physically. Grandmother is 95 in a couple of months. Mother grandmother is almost 91. They've benefited by technology, able to extend life. And you don't see a lot of that in the African-American community. Three grandparents over 90, rare. I hope to live to be in my 90s if I'm healthy. I don't know if I want to be strapped to an iron lung. But I definitely know that I'm not going to live to be 160. So I'm going to be dead by the time this thing, this thing hits. And I'm going to be super dead. Like, I don't mean dead. I mean, I'm going to be dust in the coffin. So I don't want to say I don't care. But I want to say I don't care as much because I'm not going to be here. That's, it's a you problem. Farnacotia explained there's no threat of a collision during that close past. But before OSIRIS-REx, there have been significant uncertainty about how some effects like our planet's gravity could alter Binyu's path, perhaps making a later impact more likely. Now, I start with that. You know, I make a, I've made a living over... Talking about space and space exploration and clowning it, you know, I think I think for the most part, it's my opinion. Somebody's arguing with me. People love to argue with me on 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 Instagram, on Facebook. One thing about me, I don't present I don't present my opinions as facts. I present facts as facts. These are my opinions. I've talked about the moon landing. I don't believe in it. I never believed in it. I believe in the concept of flat Earth is hilarious. I don't factually know these things. I've I've never been to orbit, so I don't know if the Earth really flat or not. I'm going to assume it's not. I know factually that NASA draws pictures of the Earth and Africa is half its size in some of the pictures. That I do know because I can research that. There are a lot of artistic renditions. When we have these on CNN, you go, you know, planet B6749 Zepton. And I have this artistic rendition of it's flowing with water and lush greens and all of that you don't you don't know what it looks like that's that's art that's that's so an artistic drawing a picture of what you would expect to see on the outer limits it's one of my favorite tv shows back in the day so i don't i don't know everything that's going on behind the curtain but this is what i do know it don't make a lot of sense that elon musk and jeff bezos and richard branson these are all billionaires these are all people in their 70s. They seem to be really in a hurry to get the hell up off Earth. It's very odd to me that people that are worth a collective 400 billion want to escape Earth. Because there's they can get anything they want here. And I don't mean anything they want, like a DoorDash, like, hey, I want lobster and steak for dinner. Or I want I want a Chipotle sofritas over over brown rice for dinner. I'm talking about if the doc, they go to the doctor and says, hey, you need a kidney transplant. Good. I'll be in Cambodia harvesting the kidney from uns, some unsuspecting 12-year-old. 
Some unsuspecting 12-year-old is going to wake up in a bathtub full of ice with one kidney. They get anything they want. Even the perverse things that Jeffrey Epstein was providing to his clients. People with that much money can get anything they want under the sun. You ain't getting that on Mars. Because unlike Matt Damon, there's no greenhouse there. You got to build a greenhouse. It's, 100, it's 176 degrees below zero. So you're out there building greenhouses and barracks. It's almost 200 below. It's like it's almost absolute zero. You get into Kelvin temperatures and absolute zero. Why would they risk their own well-being and welfare to go to space? They're not, they're not sending chimpanzees into space. They're not sending ant farms into space. They're not sending raccoons and aardvarks into space to see what happens. They want to go themselves. Isn't that odd to you? People train in NASA. They're astronauts. They train for years. A lot of these people are Air Force people. They've been flying planes for years. They've been military. They're in top physical shape. They run five miles every day. They train for 20 years to get up into space. And even then, there's like a one-third fail rate. Challenger, unfortunately, blew up. Discovery disintegrated on reentry. Issues with the Apollo project. People die getting back in to the atmosphere of Earth. Why would Virgin Galactic and some of these other companies, why would they push that envelope? Unless these people know that, hey, we got some stuff coming that's going to be bad. We got to get out of here before it happens. Because you're 70, right? You have 20 years of lifespan if you're lucky. Why are you in such a hurry to get off the face of earth. I, I find that to be very interesting. What are you escaping? We look at global warming. You can believe in global warming or not. I just know that it's 119 degrees yesterday in Spain, 116 the day before in Italy. I lived in Phoenix. I know what 119 feels like. But Phoenix is dry heat. It's in the desert. It's like that all the time. They have the infrastructure. They have the electricity. They have the HVAC. They have mist pouring from the stores, they're ready for that. Spain, Italy, they're not ready for that. If the ice caps melt, which all reasonable scientific evidence shows that the ice caps are, are melting, and this isn't political, this isn't AOC, I'm not telling you to invest in some greenhouse company. I'm not looking to do carbon tax offsets or some new green deal BS where basically they're just going to take your money and put it into their pockets for whatever communist prison planet type of initiatives the far left has. But I would just say use some common sense. If the richest people on earth are moving as fast as they can and putting their own bodies at risk to get off of planet earth, that should show you something. That's a red flag. And I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if there's an asteroid coming. I don't know if there's global warming and we're going to get to where temperatures are 130 across the earth. It talks about that in the Bible. I don't know what's coming. I don't know if there's going to be a water shortage, fuel shortage, but it is interesting, right? Tesla's interesting, right? Because I have enough sense to figure out, oh, you're perfecting gasless automotives, which is great. Well, what's the next step? Oh, well, let's fly a plane that doesn't need traditional fuel. 
That makes a lot of sense, right? Because that would be life-changing. If you could fly from D.C. to L.A. on a plane with no fuel, maybe you can go faster, maybe you get in a supersonic warp speed. If you could fly from D.C. to L.A. in two hours, no gas, that changes the world. If you can get in orbit and you can fly from D.C. to Sydney, Australia in three or four hours, no gas, that really changes the world. And then and why would you not feel that if you can get off of planet Earth and if you feel that you can terraform or colonize other planets, stuff like that, bring sin and pestilence and degradation and Internet pornography and poor diet and high cholesterol and diabetes and high blood pressure and crime and murder. If you can bring all those things to bars. Why not? Lance J. Show. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. But at the same time, like I said, and me, you know, I'm 56 years old. Damn! James Lewis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's on to show how much they care the feeling you're not alone now she's a part of your home with so much to protect each day caring goes a long long way nationwide is on your side this is your boy rampage first lieutenant of the universal flipmo squad learn more about group insurance benefits with engaging health Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell them that the Flatbush King sent you. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to industriousoffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on Us when you book a tour at industriousoffice.com. Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. Paragon, Paragon 7, seven, seven Studio. had a chance to look at some of the highlights on the NFL network. We got a we got a class of of quarterbacks that are here in the NFL. I I was really 
impressed by a lot of what I see. And I think that I think that we're going into we had so when when you had Brady and Manning and Breeze and Roethlisberger at the same time, you you had you had a very top heavy group. You always knew that that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were going to see each other in the AFC. And then if they weren't seeing each other, they had to get hopefully you didn't have to play both of one of the other and Pittsburgh. So if you only had to play if you're the Colts, you wanted Pittsburgh and New England to, to knock each other off. So you didn't have to play both of them. If you were Pittsburgh, you wanted New England to take the Colts out. So you didn't have to play both. Or vice versa, you want the Colts to take New England out so you didn't have to play both. But it was very, very top heavy. And I think now the the quarterback game has changed so much because of the way that camps are structured, you have so much talent that's coming in college. You have more pro systems. You have more, you have more college coaches. You have guys like Cliff Kingsbury who are on a college type system. You have a much different structure. So it's not in the old days. It was the Bill Walsh West coast offense. You had mostly running or, or Bill Walsh was the first person that, that said, Hey, we're going to throw it to Roger Craig and we're going to throw him two yard passes and let him, we're going to make it an extension of the running game, which is what Bill Belichick did with Brady for many years. The old days, if you look at the, if you look at the NFL films with Terry Bradshaw and the Steelers, when they're winning four Super Bowls, Terry Bradshaw was only throwing the ball 19, 20 times a game. I'm not knocking him. He would make the three or four plays that you need to, to make. But for the most part, that was student body left, student body, right. Franco Harris, Left, Franco Harris, right, Rocky Blyer, up the middle. You saw with the 49ers and, and, and Joe Montana later in the in the Seaford era, the Walsh Seaford era, opened it up a little bit. You had great teams in Dallas that had so much talent, they could run it, they could throw it, they could do whatever they wanted. Then you had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, which took the game to a, another level. Now you have quarterbacks throwing a ball 40 times a game, which is not my style of play. But I saw, I remember one game, I saw Andrew Luck, he had, he threw the ball 58 times. And I was just like, A, you're going to get him killed, which happened because he quit football. B, you're not going to win a lot of games throwing the ball 58, almost 60 times. But these young quarterbacks, you got some talent. I'll start with my guy, Justin Fields. I'm not going to simonize his bust in Canton. I'm not going to simonize the Justin Fields 2040 Canton Hall of Fame election, but I will say that Justin Fields has a has a very bright future in front of him. If you if you saw, he looks good in the Chicago Bears uniform. A lot of things are about marketing. Chicago's the perfect city for him. Justin Fields in Arizona, not the same. Justin Fields in Charlotte. Not the same. Even Miami, not the same. Chicago, great colors, great tradition. They need to move out of that abortion of a spaceship stadium that they're in. And they will move out of there. They'll move out to the suburbs. They'll go somewhere at Lakeshore, buy some land up there. And he's going to be the face of their franchise for many years. He's going to be the face of the city. That's the third largest market in the country. 
And the second largest market of people that care because people don't really care about LA. That's a good look for him. That's a great opportunity for him. And he looked he looked ready. I don't I don't get into the whole preseason. In preseason, I just want to know is my rookie quarterback, or in my case, Colts, is Jacob Eason, are they gonna vomit all over themselves in the huddle like Donovan McNabb? I don't expect them to come out and look like they're gonna that they're that they're a guaranteed Hall of Famer or Super Bowl champion. I just want to know can they make the throws? Justin Fields looked good. He looked mobile. He looked good. He looked like he had command of the offense. He holds the ball a little bit too long, but he's a rookie. He's going to make a lot of mistakes if he starts immediately, but he's a rookie. I personally think he should start over Andy Dalton. I think it's ridiculous that on Sports Talk Radio that they're even talking about starting Dalton. It's insane. We already know what Andy Dalton can do. At his best, he could go 10-6 and and get blown out in the first round of playoffs. But he's not at his best anymore. He had all the Dallas weapons. Didn't look good with them. I think with Justin Fields, you're looking for the intangibles. Does he lead? Does the locker room respond to him? Does he know how to do a press conference? Does he know how to study film? If he's doing well at those things, I think you start him. If he's not, I think you send him for half a year, maybe a year. Trey Lance, second pass, preseason, 80-yard touchdown. Cannon for an arm. Physical freak. Looks like a young Cam Newton out there. I think if Trey Lance, now he hasn't played as much as Fields because he played for North Dakota State, and they didn't have a season last year. But I think it's the same thing. You wouldn't have drafted him if you thought that Jimmy G was your guy. If you thought that Jimmy Pornstar was your guy, you wouldn't have drafted him. I don't think that he's likely to start because he hasn't had as many reps. But if Trey Lance blows it away and understands the leadership side of the game, I think you put him in there because San Francisco has a great defense. They have a good running game. They have a good line. They have talent. He's going to thrive. They have a well-coached. You got Shanahan. He's going to take the ball out of Lance's hands. Lance can do physical things that few people can do. Why would you sit him? I don't think you have to start him, but I'd say with especially these black guys, black quarterbacks that historically haven't got the chance, we're finally getting chances. You let him in fields. I think that Garoppolo and Dalton should be the de facto starter, but you let these high draft picks push them. And if they if they take the job from them, they should take it. But this whole concept of, oh, it doesn't matter what they do. Trey Lance could go out, throw for seven touchdowns. He shouldn't start. That's ridiculous. Put the best guy out there. It's not all about just the play on the field. We know that these young guys are better because that's why they're drafted. They have better arms. They're faster. They're in better shape. Do they show the, the traits of leadership and experience that you need to, to hand to your franchise? Even, even, even Zach Wilson, who I'm not a huge fan of, I don't think he should have been drafted. I think that the Jets should have drafted Justin Fields. He didn't look bad in preseason. He looked bad in some of the scrimmages, but he didn't look terrible in preseason. He made some decent throws. He looked like he was better than what they had before. He's better than Sam I see Ghost Darnold. So there's hope. In New York, now I think that I think that Zach Privilege is going to get his face kicked in because the Jets are just a terrible franchise. Coach Sela is is a good coach, and I think that he'll bring an element of that old dog, that old that he's kind of like Ed Ogeron in LSU. But I don't know if he can overcome 
uh, a reprehensible front office and bad owner. It's it's hard. It's hard when your boss is bad. It's hard to it's hard to overcome bad bosses. Trust me, I know about bad bosses. Not at my last job, but I know about bad bosses. Cause I've had some bad bosses, and you feel like you got to be one hundred percent to be eighty percent because your boss being bad is sucking the life out of you. But even Jacob Eason, my guy with the Colts, not a rookie, first time playing. We don't know what we don't. Mr. Glass Carson wins. We one thing we know about Mr. Glass is that he's going to Mr. Glass. Because that's what Mr. Glass does. Mr. Glass is going to get hurt. He might play. He might have a five-game stretch. It's pretty good. But he's going to get hurt emotionally. He's going to get hurt physically every year. So if Carson Wentz is going to be the Colts quarterback long-term, which I don't think he is, you better have a good backup because Carson Wentz is not built to play 17-game seasons. And Jacob Easton, man, he had a rocket arm. Rocket arm. He looked great in preseason. Not perfect, but that that ball comes out. He's not really mobile, but that ball comes out, and it's whoop, that thing has some zip on it. He's got a cannon. He's like, if Megatron wasn't already a name that was used for Calvin Johnson, the Hall of Famer, I would call Jacob Easton the Colts Megatron because he's just cannoning that ball. He's like a, he's like a human T-shirt cannon. So he looked good. And I think we're in a, in a place, a lot of these young quarterbacks are coming in and they're showing what they can do very, very early. You had Trevor Lawrence. I haven't been wild by Trevor Lawrence, but, but I've seen enough tape on him. I, I was at the Clemson-Ohio State game a few years ago sitting on the second row. I've seen Trevor Lawrence in person. He's a stud. I saw him run for a 70-yard touchdown and outrun the Ohio State DBs to the end zone. All of those DBs for Ohio State are playing on Sundays. And they all, they all are 4-4 four, four speed, 4-3 four, speed guys. He's going to be just fine. They got rid of the Tim, Timothy Tebow circus, and he's going to be just fine. So you got, you got four or five quarterbacks that are, that are going to be good. That are are new and young. I don't know if they're gonna be they're not gonna be Brady. They're not gonna be Peyton Manning. I'm not saying they're gonna be Hall of Famers, but I think you got four or five guys that are drafted this year or are playing new that they're gonna have a very legitimate chance. Plus Tua has a full camp now. You wanna see a lot of marked improvement from Tua? I think it's gonna be very interesting to see quarterback play over the next few years because you're starting to get an era where you have you have a lot of solid and good quarterbacks. You might not have them only one Pat McGoat. It's only one Aaron Rodgers, but he's not going to be around that long. Brady's not going to be around that long. It's a real change in the guard, and, and I'm here for it. I support it, and I'm very excited about it. You should be excited about it, too, because there's some real great talent gracing the NFL. And when you have good quarterbacks, you have good play. It's good TV. It's good for advertising. It's good for marketing. It's good for salaries. It's good for ratings. And it's most importantly, I cover it. So it's good for the Lanch Day Show, Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios.
At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to industriousoffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at industriousoffice.com. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. 